Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. And the conversation continues today as Sarah and I go backwards and forwards about the latest interview, which Oh my God, Sarah was awesome with Mark Livings, our entrepreneurial star. And that's how we're going to take these moving forward, right? We're going to interview some of our high-performing, awesome friends and bring and extract the stories from Sarah Ella Oprah. And then Sarah and I are going to continue that conversation and extract one main point that we picked out from each of the interviews. But before we get on to Mark... What did you think about the awesome Dan Dapani? Well, the fact, when you get to interview a monk, I mean, you think to yourself, this is pretty cool. And talking to Dan Dapani about focus was fascinating because he really did allow us to reframe this idea of focus. And a lot of us, you know, put the cart before the horse um, when it comes to this. And he really got us on track around this idea of meditation um, and all of a, a lot of people want meditation for a certain reason, but perhaps it's not leading them to the thing that is most important. So um, clarity of purpose was probably the thing that came out most importantly because Don Dapani said, I can teach someone how to focus, but if you don't know what you want and you're not clear on your purpose, then once you become an expert focuser, what the heck are you going to focus on? So what a good point. So Don Dapani, um, he kind of turned things on its head a little bit, which, you know, you expect a monk to do. And so, um, yeah, listen in for that interview if you haven't listened to Focus yet, because I think it will reorient your priorities. Which makes dream time, Sarah, even more important, because that's where the little bit of clarity starts to form about what it is you actually want to turn your attention to, or what purpose you want to bring forth in your life. So, that's pretty cool. As you go through the pre-step as dream time, you go through our three-step process and then coming out the other end, of course, is the work on focusing, drawing your attention to what you need to do to pull off your dream. So then following up a series 
like this manifestation beginning of the three steps, following it up with entrepreneurship for some people seems like a little bit of an awkward step, but it was a very deliberate step because we wanted to ensure that these dreams that you are allowing to come up again and starting to really map out and get clear and focused on that you actually take or have the courage to put your ideas out in the world, to make them manifest and not just stay in your head and your concepts because often we've seen that that's what can happen. It can happen in our lives for sure, but we have seen this as a very common link to manifestation is like sort of keeping all that stuff humming around in your brain, which to me is just a whole lot of overthinking actually. So we would like to, um, after every interview, um, reflect and like one of our great mentors, David Wood, he says, you know, what is the one thing you took from this hour or this episode or this conversation or this interview? So um, Nat, you know, Nat wanted to reflect on, on the one thing that she really got and I did as well to demonstrate that, look, we are active listeners in life because every single person surrounding us is a teacher. And so in the context of us all bringing our dreams to life, there was one phrase in there that Mark said that my brain just went ting. And he said, if you have a dream to pursue, and that was it. I kind of stopped the recording and said, of course, that's what we all have. We have a dream to pursue. And I was then hanging on the edge of my seat as to what he was going to say. So if you have a dream to pursue, and that's you, you have the dream to pursue. He said, you need to put all of the thoughts other people have about you into a boat and push it out to sea and motor on on your own, right? So what that was about for me was you cannot carry with you the thoughts of what other people think about you, your idea, how you're doing it, when you're doing it. Because this is what paralyzes and kills most people's dreams. Other people telling you you can't do it or other people's opinion of it, right? What other people think of me is none of my business. And this has been something throughout my career that I've been, Sarah thinks I'm pretty good at. Yeah, I was going to interrupt to just mention that, you know, being with you for 18 years, Nat, this is something that... I most appreciate about you and it's probably the thing that drew me to you is this this thing that you were not consumed by the good opinions of others and so you know Nat knows this story but one of the things I remember really clearly going to a self-development event maybe I've even told this story on here before but here Nat was up at the front doing the most goofiest dancing you can ever imagine but here's the thing I'm the one judging it as goofy. In her mind, she was Beyonce. Like, she was just you! going for it. And you know what it was? It was that there was a freedom in that. Watching somebody dance freely and, like, freely expressing themselves and being fully self-expressed like that, was there's nothing more attractive than that. And so this is something when Mark Livings was talking about it, Nat, and I was interviewing him, I thought, gosh, that's what Nat brings to the table. And And so I know that... You've had some experiences. Like, where does that come from? This is what we all want to know. How do we drop? How do we drop all of those opinions in the boat, Nat, and push them out to sea? Go. Well, Sarah, for like you, who's analytical, right? 
most people th- How rude. overthink things. And so I guess in the beginning for me it was I had something I wanted to do. I had a dream and I just, I took the straightest line possible. Now, clearly it's not a straight line, but in my head and when you close your eyes, it can be a straight line. And every time I listened to someone or somebody had an opinion of me, I felt like it pushed me off the straight line. And I'm like, why, do, why would I let myself be pushed off the straight line? So early on, I realized that listening to other people didn't make me feel good. Hmm. The, the whole sense is if I feel good about myself and I believe in myself, then I can achieve, I can go about the steps I need to to achieve my dreams. And when I listened to what someone else said, I felt bad. It didn't help me. And I thought, this is pretty silly. It was, it was basic, simple logic. logic. But, but I'm about to go to my high school reunion, right? And so it's like 25 years later, and I've been talking to some of my old friends, and it's like it is bringing up all this stuff about our past and in a way, this massive uh, melting pot of caring what everyone thinks. Okay, so it's you, perfect for you to practice. I know, but I want to know from you when you were at school, hanging out with the teachers because you're you're famous for saying that you didn't have many friends. Are you telling me that you didn't head to school with any desire to have people like you? No, this is perfect for <laughs> Dan, Dan Dapani, right? Turn your attention and focus. So your focus is on this melting pot of everyone judging. Right? It is, because that's so, what I felt but like. But turn the focus to the expressing your awesomeness and telling people what you've been doing for 25 years and how cool is that going to be to show that. So yeah, I, I get that I now, used, but okay. back then I so, didn't have it. Where did you get okay, it? Okay, so I used to go to school. This is a good point. I had no friends. I really did not because I was really good at school and really good at sport and everyone hated that. So I my attention at school would be to go in the school gate and straight to the teacher's staff room. Not, I'm going to run into kids that are going to, like, say names or be mean. So I almost didn't see the kids. I get up in the teacher's staff room, and the teachers go, what are you doing here? I'm like, I've got no friends. Can I hang out with you? And most of the time, they were cool. There was one teacher in there that didn't like me being there, so I'd hide under the desk when he came in. (laughs) But I would would also make it a game, and I would make sure my attention was on what I wanted not on what might happen or what might be said somewhere else. So when you went home at night, did you ever say to your mom, Hey Kids mom, are mean. Kids are mean, they're kids okay. are mean I've got You did you did notice it, but you just kept yeah, going. I noticed it because it didn't I didn't feel good. And this the sense of everything in this belief in self from my perspective is that if it doesn't feel good, move away. Right. right. So if you're in a nightclub, which I don't go to nightclubs very often because it's too noisy, and you are complaining that it's too noisy, move away from the speaker, right? Move out of the nightclub. That's what I did. Okay. So the the judgments were coming, I would move away from the kids that were judging. Okay. And so that is a physical way to do it. You just extract yourself from where there could be judgment, which a reunion, extract yourself from the room or turn your attention to those that you want to hang out with or those that you have something in common with or those where you're going to share your volleyball stories and the excitement of that, not the what about all the other stuff. Right. 
towards just to clarify the the reunion isn't bringing up so much what they're gonna think it's more how we were back then you know and how there were things back then when i was consumed by what people thought perfect so, so turn your attention to now yeah. Turn their attention of to how me. much I've grown. Yeah, and how I awesome mean, how are. awesome I am yeah. now. Oh my god. I I will I won't have enough hours to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Nat's not gonna be there to mull through the um yeah. so, the so, verboseness of it. So one of the volleyball stories, our coach, you know, when you're when you're in a bikini with me and Kerry playing for the Olympic gold medal in front of ten thousand screaming fans and a billion T V audience, um, give or take a couple, right? Uh, but we knew China was watching, so we, we knew there was a big audience. And you're in a bikini. You cannot care what people think. You cannot care if there's a wedgie. You cannot care if the bikini goes sideways. You have to be focused on your performance. Okay, so our success coach, Kirik Ashley, had us do this activity that um, helped with not caring what people think. And if we hit the ball out, we would have to cheer like we won the point right just imagine you make a mistake you hit the ball out and usually human tendency is to go inward or feel bad or um, your body language and posture slump but he wanted us to cheer like woohoo like we won the point and you're going well people are going to think we are really crazy and they did our opposition would say we won the point and I would go I know good job the referee got confused, We, the opposition got confused, the public got confused, but more importantly, we got confused. Because if you don't, if, if you can get your mind to that point where you feel like you win every time and you don't care what people are thinking about you, then you're in a much better state for you to move forward and achieve anything you want in your life. So are you going to tell them about the time that you and Carrie were the only two Australians in all of Brazil in that big stadium. Are you nervous that the Brazilians are going to listen to this podcast? Oh, well. That... You don't have to. No, we, we had a rematch, right? So the Brazilians Olympic rematch. The Brazilians thought that the Olympic gold medal in Sydney was a fluke, which if you don't know what fluke means, like an accident. And because uh, we'd only beaten them once in 17 times. Did so you wonder if it was a fluke? Maybe for a little <laughs> while. But we, we got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> And so a year later, they called the rematch, winner take all, big prize money on the line. Uh, they rebuilt the stadium for 10,000 people. And Kerry and I walk in there by ourselves in our sarong with a little backpack. <laughs> no Pro coach. Probably no big enough, not big enough to take our money home when we won. No coach. We decided that if we'd lost, taking a coach would cost us money. So that's not really good. So you weigh up your pros and cons. Um, and so we decided to leave Steve at home and off we go. Now... Halfway through the match, we are being killed, killed. This was a new scoring system. There was all this stuff going on. Kerry and I were a little bit blasé. Um, we did, clearly, we didn't have a coach. We, we lost the first set, 21-12. We are 17-12 down in the second set. I call a timeout. I said, Kerry, this is bad. This could go one of two ways. It can go really, really bad, or we can do something drastic here to change the whole game plan. So I just said to Kerry, you keep focusing your attention on what you're doing and don't worry about me. <laughs> I'm going to do something here. I'm sure she wasn't scared at all about to, that instruction. To not only shock the opposition and the crowd, but to shock ourselves with defibrillators. <laughs> so 
what I decided to do was to every time the Brazilians would score a point, I would cheer loudly and I would get the crowd to cheer loudly. And every time I scored, we scored a point, I would encourage the Brazilians to boo as loud as they could. And so what it was about was about the energy transfer, not so much. So I really didn't care that they were booing me. What I was trying to do was create enough energy in the whole stadium for, for us to be elevated to the next level. We ended up winning the second set, 21-19. So that was like nine points straight. So you kind of numbed them for a we sec. We numbed them. We paralyzed them a little bit. <laughs> and then in the third set to 15, um, we were down quite a lot. We ended up coming back to win. So within like two minutes, we had won the game, taken our briefcase full of money, left the stadium and left everyone in Brazil unsure of what happened. Now, the point of the story is in order to do that kind of thing, you cannot care mm. what anyone's thinking, let alone yourself. Sometimes you have to confuse yourself to go to that next level. You can't even care what the, the, the kids on the beach are thinking when you have some money stuffed in your bikini running down back to your hotel, right, Nat? Run as fast as you can <laughs> when you got that much money. Listen, there's I clearly don't have a story like that, okay? But the thing about Mark Livings, and I've kind of alluded to it already, that he spoke about was this social curve this social anxiety and sociopath curve so on one end you've got people with extreme social anxieties and fears and then on the other side is people that don't give a rat's whatsoever including you know anything to do with the law no ethics sociopath okay so and, i'm not that far on the curve yeah so that's yeah. associate no <laughs> what i got what i liked about the curve actually was i often do say about nat you know she doesn't care what all at all what people think but when he introduced a curve, I, it's not true. It's that a sociopath has no relevance for what's going on around them, whereas that's not that at all. What I really got is that she doesn't have that social anxiety. So she, in my, my estimation, I was like, wow, it's more around that middle ground. And why I love this so much, to be honest, is because I recognized, and this is what I was talking about with my high school reunion, that I used to be on the social anxiety total end of the scale and throughout my life through meditation through reading books like the power of now and a new earth and and really getting clear in the present moment and 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 doing work on myself and getting rid of these patterns these these things that have been dictating my life almost this conditioned thinking that I was moving myself from the social anxiety curve more into that middle ground now yes it helps that I live with somebody who is already residing closer to the middle, maybe a little over on sociopath, you know, just saying. But that's you, Nat. Okay. Okay, okay, okay you're back. So I, what I would, what I loved about what Mark said is that it is not predestined that we all have the opportunity to move. And it, it's a little bit zen, you know, to, to move toward that middle. But that is what I, I think it is about, is really being able to become aware of yourself. And, and what are these like patterns of thought, for example, the fear that comes up, the self-doubt, all that self-talk is just conditioned patterning from the past. So it's like you're either the past is coming in and speaking to you with all these fears and anxieties, or you're constantly pushing your mind out to the future in anticipation, meaning you're waiting for your life to get better. So you're just like never actually here. 
So to me, anxieties cannot exist in the now. It's really the essence of life if you can get into the here and now. And this is all around the topic of being an entrepreneur because if you're in the here and now, you can detect opportunities, you can hear for them, you can listen for them, you can move around setbacks, you know, it's like you become so powerful because the only moment you really have is now anyways. And Elizabeth Gilbert in her book Big Magic has this amazing, like for me, this was just a winner. Like, I hope this visual is awesome for you guys too. And she said it's like, in your life, it's like when you're moving towards your dream, so again, let's go back to dream to pursue, you're in a vehicle. So to me, it was a minivan, okay? Don't know why. So you're in this minivan, and a lot of us have our fear in the front seat driving the car. But what Elizabeth Gilbert says is because sometimes we recognize that we have like self-help groups now that we all go, oh my God, fear's running my life. Because we're so obsessed with that, we then go, oh, I need to kick it off this journey. And we're waiting to not be afraid. But no, 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 no. She says, see, this is where people really fall off the boat. Is that you don't want fear to not be there. Because if fear's not there, you also kick out creativity. And those things are so important when you're an entrepreneur and you have ideas. So you, the fear and the creativity are going to be in the vehicle. But it doesn't need to be the driver. So allow fear to be there. I think that this will just open, you know, move us all on that curve more to the middle and realize, hey, I don't have to wait to be unafraid. Fear is part of this thing. And because it is, and look, all the entrepreneurs that we're interviewing, they all have it. So it is present. It's just that they don't allow it to drive their vehicle. So Elizabeth Gilbert, shout out to you for that car analogy um, of the different things that, that are in the car so we don't waste our time waiting. Because if you're waiting, you're living in the future and you're basically saying this present moment isn't good enough. I don't want it. I want something else. And a little bit of fear is actually good for you, right? You, mm. If you don't have fear, then you can't call on your courage because the only way courage is going to show up is if there's a little bit of fear. And all of our entrepreneurs have said that of course there's fear when they're going to market with new products, which is why it's really important, our step number one, create your new life story, because if you have that and you have the way you want it to turn out, then Sarah, that's where Dandapani's turn your awareness or attention to where you want it to turn out and it sort of just drowns out all those other voices. It is a practice of turning your attention to the story you want to live and then acting as if you're living it, waiting for reality to catch up while you have this map, step number three in your hand, navigating your way to the dream and living the dream. And I just want to say that because we're talking about being in the present moment, you know, when you create your new life story or you move your attention, like Natalie's saying, like Nat's saying, you actually do that in the present moment. You have to be right here, right now, in order to say, I choose to move my attention in this direction. So this is a kind of an important point because if you're always living in what you want it to be because you hate where you are, this is a this is a bit of a dangerous relationship as well. So just be really present. I am where I am and I'm choosing to shift my attention over here deliberately. 
speaking of deliberate, a couple of random thoughts on Mark's um, interview. He talks in entrepreneurial word, world, they use the word founder. So imagine yourself as a founder, right? And having your belief in yourself because what they look for, what venture capitalists look for is a kick-ass founder. And a kick-ass founder has to have belief in themselves. This belief will come from this new story. It'll come from acting as if. It'll come from all these steps we talked about. And Mark also talked about his progression. as He didn't just become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He went through sales training at, at um, JB Wi-Fi, Sarah called it. JB Hi-Fi hey. is an electronics store goods, uh, goods store in, in Australia. Um, and he talked about going from that to marketing, to having a small business, which he still has, to startups, to all these ideas. And it's a progression over time. And the thing that glued all of that together for him was his passion. And that, he said, was the jet fuel. And it is. It's like your blood. You need to be passionate about what you do. It doesn't mean you're not going to have tough days or tough moments or it doesn't mean the fear's not going to be there, like Sarah said, or the doubt. It's what you do anyway or what you do next. So if you're a numbers person, this was really cool too. He talked about... Um, the number progression in sales. He said you need 100 calls to book five meetings to get one sale, right? So if you go back to what we were talking about before, one sale in 100 calls, you have to be okay with rejection. You have to be okay mm -hmm. with not caring about what those customers <laughs> think. One, 99 times you're going to be told rack off and once you're going to be told yes I'll buy from you so you really have to get clear on putting thoughts of others in the boat and push it out to sea so if you're coming to us for the first time in in this um episode hello welcome hope you love us already just saying <laughs> And we really want to encourage you to go back to that beginning and, and walk through these three steps to manifest your dreams. You know, it is a critical step that we think will allow you to have a whole new listening for the series, the different series that we're going to put forward. And, and you know, we have an amazing lineup like of people that have said yes to, to conversing with us for you all, you know. So we're pretty excited for that. However... The three steps are really where you begin to put it into your life because as much as I love interviews, but it's just like what Nat and I are doing here. It's like, how is this interview going to be of service in your life? That's the best way to pay it forward when somebody is giving their time to speak to you is to say, hey, I'm going to take what I got from you and I'm going to put it in my life so that I may be a contribution. Like in my view... That's how you pay it forward. So these three steps are really about you and the work. Do you want to talk about the your journal, Matt? Yeah, make sure you get on the Facebook page in the file section and print out the worksheets at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show. That's where you get into the Facebook community and where this, this file section that Nat's talking about. And you make a real tangible journal. You can keep adding stuff in there. There'll be gratitude things you want to put in there. There'll be new maps you design. You'll alter your story. You'll have new dreams. But a tangible journal 
that you can see around the place because it'll inspire you to keep stepping towards those goals. And if you're the kind of person that's like, you know what, I'm so beyond the hard copy journal, like, whatever. Guess what? Matt won a gold medal with it. Get over yourself. And that's I still just, use it. That's just the voice in your head from an old conditioned pattern that is full of crap. So do the do. Like, participate. Play full out. Leave no stone unturned. When it comes to your dreams and your life and your contribution, why cut corners? What is that all about? So, you know, in the next 24 hours, you're going to shower and you're going to eat. However, are you actually going to create your new life story? And that, if you haven't listened to that podcast, listen to it. If you haven't done the work, do it because you're going to shower, you're going to eat. So why the heck aren't you deliberately creating your life? Boom. Boom. If you could see me now, there's actions. <laughs> So we're clearly going to be referring back to these three steps, plus the pre-step, the post-step. It's like a dance step. <sighs> Sarah loves my dancing. I can just jack out some hip-hop. And we're going to refer back to these steps. So it's really important that you know um, what they are. You've participated in them. You've done them so that you too can relate back to what we've just talked about. So look in these interviews. Look for the one thing that you're going to be able to put into your dreaming, put into your life. And if you get two, bonus. Okay, over and out from the Nat and Sarah. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.